Assalamualaikum tuan-tuan dan puan sekalian Salam sejahtera, salam satu Malaysia dan selamat datang Saya ingin ucapkan kepada anda semua bagi episod ini Ini adalah satu episod yang sangat istimewa dan sangat menarik bagi pendapat saya Kerana pada minggu ini, mus tak ada Dan sebenarnya saya juga tak ada Saya juga hanya ingin memberikan satu um, introduction segment bagi recording yang akan dimain selepas ini Uh, ianya merupakan satu rakaman yang dibuat pada tahun 2007 di Pusan International Film Festival Pada masa itu mereka ada buat satu acara mengenai pergerakan filem indie di Malaysia dan sebagainya And uh, acara ini dinamakan Three Colors of Malaysian Cinema Dan ia menampilkan beberapa orang sutradara yang agak termasyur pada uh, masa itu dan juga pada zaman sekarang dalam penerbitan dan bidang penerbitan filem di Malaysia ini mereka adalah James Lee, Ho Yu Hang, The Late Yasmin Ahmad, Liu Seng Tat dan juga Wang Tak Chong. Beliau merupakan seorang penggerak salah seorang penggerak utama dalam bidang tayangan filem dan juga apresiasi filem kecil-kecilan ataupun independen di Malaysia ini. And so it was actually a very interesting session that was held at I think one of the universities there if I'm not mistaken um, for my part saya sebenarnya tidak hadir pada masa itu di acara tersebut tetapi kawan saya Encik Mas Irwan Azani hadir pada hari itu dan beliau telah membuat satu rakaman um, tentang discussion yang telah dilanjutkan pada masa itu jadi saya rasa saya ingin berkongsi dengan anda semua mengenai rakaman, rakaman ini kerana saya rasa ianya sangat penting uh, kita meletak dalam sejarah kita tentang pergerakan filem Malaysia yang agak penting pada zaman itu dan of course nowadays um, uh, arwah uh, Yasmin Ahmad is no longer with us so this is a very interesting podcast to listen to Uh, with regards not to just not just to her opinions about her own films but also about Malaysian films and Malaysian audiences as a whole jadi um, tanpa melengahkan lagi masa saya ingin memperkenalkan kepada anda semua uh, satu rakaman yang dibuat beberapa tahun lalu uh, dan saya ingin mengucapkan terima kasih kepada Encik Mas Irwan Azani kerana telah sudi berkongsi dengan saya rakaman ini and now I would like to share it with you guys take care have fun and enjoy Assalamualaikum
format is no longer the method. It's uh, how you present, tell, direct your story. That's the most important thing. Digital making, many people could make film because it is uh, the digital filmmaking. It has a certain benefit such as easy access or very economical. So, uh, thanks to digital filmmaking, uh, new filmmakers are have arisen or have arise have arise, uh, in Malaysia, and these directors are very much popular in various international film festivals. So, uh, first, Mr. Ho Yong Han, uh, will you tell us about how you make your film with digital film and, uh, and how you deal with a uh, budget issue? Hi, uh, good evening everybody. Um, can I not answer your question that way? It's not so serious. <laughs> so you want to yeah, because later we've been discussing some pretty objective kind of things. Um, maybe I want to talk about something else. No, <laughs> just for me. Uh, maybe a little bit about how I started. Okay, you can try to Yeah, once you about how digital technology has facilitated the filmmaking and it seems like Digital technology is the one thing that saved us. Um, I am not sure because all my life um, things happen accidentally to me. I, I, I'm an accident, you know. It's my parents' fault that I was born because of a certain kind of accident. So, in a way, I came into filmmaking accidentally. Yeah. Um, uh, my generation, the people from my generation, I think they are lucky, or maybe I'm lucky because uh, it was primary school, high school, very uh, easy education, you know, we, we didn't have to struggle. I mean, in some other countries, there were people who were even having problems going to school, but in my generation, people are lucky, and I my life was kind of planned by my parents somewhat. Say, okay, I should go and study in the US, which I did. Uh, I was quite good at mathematics, so I, I did engineering. So I was studying electrical engineering. Um, I had a degree, and when I graduated, I actually worked as an engineer for two years. Yeah, I studied, I had good grades, I finished my education, I became, I worked for a company, uh, we manufactured things for uh, sound processors for musicians, but um, uh, I didn't want to continue to do that, not for the rest of my life, so one day I actually woke up and decided I'm going to quit my job. And, and I did. So um, after that, it was very, a very. I had a very strange time because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I had wanted to try to shoot a movie, but it's not something that you could. Uh, you could have a straight path. Like if you study engineering and you come out, you can work for a company, and then you, you can. 
uh, go for a professional test and you can be a certified engineer and you just slowly climb and you do projects till the day you die. And, but uh, it's not like that for filmmaking, so yeah. What, what should I do with my life? I have to do that. And he said, okay, maybe you can work for, try, you can try and work for a friend who, who produces TV commercials. Uh, so I went and then I started working as like a production assistant for a company and they make TV commercials. So um, within the two to three years I was back when I was working for them, I, I just picked up things. I see how uh, a shooting was, was uh, conceived. You know, I could see how things work technically. Um, yeah, so and at the same time, uh, I was also following uh, from friends, just try to do some shooting, uh, some very simple experimental work. Uh, and then I, I guess I also didn't plan that because I, I wanted to do something different with my life, and I didn't know if it's gonna work out. You see, yeah. It was an accident. It was uh, again uh, me, uh, myself, and Yasmin. We knew this uh, friend who was working at a TV station. Uh, no, not TV station, for a production uh, house. He's also a director. And he was asked to, uh, to find new directors to shoot something for TV. And then we were talking, we were just saying, you know, I had this story that I was very interested in. And he said, okay, I'm going to give you the money to shoot this. Yeah, uh, we were talking outside by the steps of the world, tallest building, then, yeah, then Taipei Venus. It was at the Twin Tower, we remember. Outside the Twin Tower, we were just talking. And he said, okay, I'll find you the money. And that was how I made my first film. It was a, a TV movie with a very low budget uh, uh, sort of thing, yeah. 예, 사실 제첫 번째 영화도 완전 그 사고로 만들어졌다고 말씀드릴 수 있습니다. 어, 저와 야스민, 저희가 둘다 알고 있는 그한 TV 방송국에서 일한 친구가 있는데요. 어, 우연히 그분이 새로운 그 TV를 위한 감독을 찾고 있다는 얘기를 들었습니다. 그래서 제가 아주 이런 얘기를 좀 생각을 하고 있는데요. 라고 말씀을 드렸더니, 아, 그 괜찮은 아이디어네요. 저희가 돈 제가 드리겠습니다. 한번 만들어 보십시오. 라고 이렇게 제안을 한 겁니다. 그래서 아주 저 예산으로 TV 영화를 만들게 되었습니다. And after I finished the film, I actually thought this is really bad, and maybe that's the end of my my not so interesting new career. So maybe I shouldn't continue this after I finished shooting that because I think it's not so nice. And, and then I was uh, applying for a workshop in France. So me and James, we we wanted to try and go to the workshop. So this festival in France. Uh, the non festival of three continents. So they asked if I had done anything. So I sent that TV work, which is really kind of not so nice to me. And um, they took it and then they said, okay, we're gonna put your film into in the competition, which was quite quite a shock to me. And so that was not festival. Yes. So it was an accident. I didn't send them to put it in a competition or anything. I sent them just to be a reference, you know, just to for them to take a look at, at what I have done and maybe consider me for a workshop. Yeah. Yeah, uh the rest is history and it's all in this book which you can read. So 
and I became famous. <laughs> and I could continue to make two more films. So the first film was an accident, and the second film I made out of order because after that, I didn't know what to do, so uh, I thought I should make another film. And James was my producer because, uh, you know, you just call for, for friends to help you because they could sometimes do for free. And that's, we, that's why we exploit friends. And, and then I shot my second film that way, with very little money, a lot lesser than the first film. And my third film was also not really planned, it just sort of landed on my lap because I was, uh, I had a story and then I met this producer who said, okay, we're gonna give you money and you shoot it down. So it all happened that way. So my life is kind of a mess that way because I never really consciously planned anything that way. But it's just that I meet some nice people. So connection is very important. I think, like I know, I know these people and they're nice and and Busan has been very nice because my second son came to Busan and, and after that I became even more famous <laughs> and also in the world. Yes, yeah, I, I, I don't think that I have a mission when I uh, do all these films but it's just that some, there are something that I wanted to do and there are some stories that I was very interested in and uh, sometimes I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I, I know that I was very focused in, in a way when I, when I shoot the film. And until there was one time when um, you know I started shooting and uh, my friends, all of us have started shooting and the films have started traveling and people have started writing about us. And it was, uh, I think, in Tokyo when I meet uh, the Japanese audience. Um, when a lot of our films were showing and I talked to some Japanese audience and they were very confused. <coughs> they were very confused. Um, they come to me and say, well, we saw Yasmin's film. Uh, they speak Malay, right? I say, yes. But your film is not in Malay. I say, yeah, they're in mixed Chinese language. And we saw Jehu's film, which is from my film and very different from Yasmin's film because they don't seem to dress in a certain way, uh, like they don't seem to come from the same country. I say yes, that's also true. And they also saw uh, Deepak's film, Deepak is another director um, who made this film about the Indian community. So And then they see this Indian people in the film and they were even more confused because now they see all kinds of people, well they say, but is this Malaysia? And then I say, yeah, but that's Malaysia. Um, it, it's, it's that way, and I, when, when I grew up in that place, it's very normal for me, because um, I don't question these things. But to them, I think they have discovered something very interesting from a, a kind of confusion that I, I confirmed for them that, yes, this is in fact our country. Seriously, the Ministry of Tourism should give us money to make more films because I think we become the ambassador of our country and we make Malaysia known this way. And the Ministry has spent millions of, 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 of dollars and, and they put up Visit Malaysia thing in the Wembley football stadium. And, you know, but I, 
I think we do a better job to show <laughs> the world that this is how our country is, this is how our people are, right? This is how we talk, this is the way we live. And, and I think it's, uh, I went to so many countries and I talked to all these audiences, they were so enthusiastic about discovering a new place, you know. I, I, I kind of think we have done a nice job. And the Ministry of Tourism owes us a dinner, at least. <laughs> Hello, um, this is my first time in Busan. I've never been here before, and uh, I was told by a Singaporean that uh, Super Typhoon Kosra is on its way to Busan as we are talking, so I'm a little bit scared. Um, um, if Kosra is a Super Typhoon, then I think Malaysian cinema. It's, it's just a little breeze right now in the world of cinema. I don't know how um, we can be sitting up here at such a prestigious festival uh, to talk about ourselves. I feel a little bit embarrassed because I think we have a long way to go. I never really wanted to make films. Mind you, I never really wanted to do anything except sit at home and be someone's housewife. But uh, um, for some reason, at some point, um, my parents took me when I was six years old to go and see Shintaro Katsu's Latoichi. And um, ever since then, I've enjoyed watching films. My parents would take our new child for a while, and they would take me to see every film, including Japanese soft pornography. It was allowed back then in place. Yes. So all my life, I've enjoyed watching films. I never had any intention of making them. But then I got into advertising, and that's why I made you hung, because uh, I was a uh, director uh, to some commercial director. And we talk about films a lot. And uh, you know, when you're in advertising, at some point you start doing television commercials, and after a while, if there are directors that don't want to do the work, you will volunteer your services because you want to see a script get made. And my first taste of filmmaking, I suppose, was um, directing uh, advertising script which I had written that I couldn't find a director for. After a few years of making commercials, um, my father fell ill. Um, my parents are in their 70s and, uh, and they're still very much in love. They dance and bathe uh, together even in their 70s. And I think they still have sex, I'm not sure. Uh, but um, so my father fell ill and I wanted to make something for him, a way of telling both my parents um, that I love them because I realized then that you could parents are things that you could lose. I mean, you hear of your friends losing their parents, but you never think it'll happen to you. Uh, but when he fell really, really ill, it became a reality for me. And I panicked and I wanted to make a film. And uh, Yuha, I was sitting next to Yuha, uh, on the steps of the tallest building telling this film producer, TV drama producer, uh, an idea for uh, two very old people who are very much in love and still play together. So I made my first feature-length film, Rabon. We shot it in six days um, and it ran on television. They only had money to shoot on video, but this was for my father. I didn't want to shoot on video, so we found money uh, borrowed film and begged people uh, and we made on Super 16.
and just to see people in Busan saying, I really felt something when I saw that scene, etc., etc. And this, this is my partner in crime, I and mean, he's been in almost all my films, and he put me in these films. And uh, but he makes me do dirty sexual things in these films. And uh, I hope you wish Malaysian filmmakers like us luck, because we're very new. Um, I don't think we're very good yet, but I hope we get there. Mr. Liu Sengkat, we know that your first feature film is in the competition section uh, of this is PF. So, would you tell us about your uh, your film and about your filmmaking? Okay. Hi, everyone. Um, I won't go on telling you guys how I started making films. That it's not so interesting. It's just like everybody else. Uh, um, to be able to come to Busan and uh, the film is my first feature is being accepted here in uh, the competition. It's one of the biggest achievements in my life. Uh, two big achievements in my life. First, uh, I reached puberty, and second is this one. Well, <laughs> um, it's it's a good thing to be a filmmaker in. Malaysia because uh, you're not lonely, you, you don't do it alone. You have a group of friends always supporting you. Um, I guess that way encourages us to make films and keep on making films, whether short or long. Um, friends like this and filmmakers that you know, you see coming from Malaysia these few years, are not just that uh, we are just part of it. Uh, there are actually more people uh, making films and, and starting to make films in back uh, back home. And um, my film, my first feature, I have done a couple of uh, shorts, short films. Um, I've been working with uh, other filmmakers like. Uh, those sitting here, um, and um, my first feature, the script for my, what I, how I started uh, writing my, uh, this first feature film is also supposed to be a telemovie, a, a, a movie for television, a script for television, but somehow the deal didn't uh, work out, and um, I decided to shoot it with my friends. And of course, it's a digital film because uh, of uh, the, the budget constraint, and also because digital is very <coughs> easy. Um, I can tell you that um, I edited my film at home in my bedroom because easy, as in it's um, uh, you can do it anywhere. You can you can uh, have the soft. You can buy the software. You can install it in your home PC, and you can edit a film out of it. Um, okay. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> well, most of us started uh, by accident, really, uh, because we uh, we didn't plan to be a, uh, a, a film director in the first place. It's because most of us, we like watching films very, very much. Um, and then to an extent that we want to try to make 
a movie. Um, right. Uh, it's like a, a cook must love eating before he or she uh, become a cook because you really need to uh, love what you do. So we we all love watching films and we are really into films and when we get together we talk about films a lot. Yeah, no life. We have no life and we have not that many friends, just a few of us. Um, being a Malaysian, uh, a filmmaking Malaysia, you, it's it's fun because there's a lot of um, possibilities in filmmaking, uh, a lot of stories to tell because we live in we, we are a multi-racial uh, country. Uh, we speak different languages, uh, a variety of different food from different places. So um, there are a lot to write about. And um, those films that you see coming, I mean, traveling in um, festivals, they are stories about, they are simple stories. They are, they are stories that we, I mean, uh, in my case, for me, um, I, I write to express myself, to uh, not to please the audience, uh, um, to express myself so that um, maybe some people out there, they can relate to, to it. Um, I just want to say that you think that lie, he never reached puberty. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you, good night. <laughs> well, I think uh, uh, you guys must have questions to ask. Um, I don't want to be begging here, so let's take it up. And I'm very happy to be here uh, with the Malaysian cinema directors. And I know that Malaysian cinema has uh, has been widely acclaimed from not only PIF but also from various international film festivals. And one of the reasons is Malaysia has uh, numerous culture and numerous people, numerous races. And Mr. Wang Tok Chung said that uh, some people some Malaysian people say if the film is, is not made by Malaysian language, then it is not Malaysian film. So let's say Malaysian uh, Chinese people, Chinese Malaysian uh, don't like to see Malay Malay film, and let's say Indian Indian Chinese, Indian Malaysian people don't like to watch uh, Chinese film. So I think. They are all Malaysian people, but Indian Malaysian or Chinese Malaysian or Malaysian people, they have certain, there is some discrimination among the Malaysian people. So first I want to know why such situation happen, is happening in Malaysia. And my second question is, uh, Mr. Ho Yohang, you mentioned that the tourism ministry has supported uh, new Malaysian cinema directors. But I heard that uh, Finas uh, supported financially only one-tenth 
uh, to uh, filmmaking. So I want to know the different position uh, between the tourism ministry and finance. So I have two questions. Yeah, actually it's not so much a question of discrimination as uh, the fact that in Malaysia we are people of different races, Malays, Indians, Chinese are free to practice our own languages, our own culture. So naturally um, films made uh, uh, using the Malay language are normally attract uh, Malay viewers. But this doesn't mean that the Chinese and uh, Indians don't go and see them. I mean very f uh, fewer in, uh, uh, by comparison. So it's, uh, it's a more, yeah. Yeah, one job, yeah, uh, maybe I think you misunderstood me a bit because it was meant as a joke that, <laughs> that I say that the Ministry of Tourism should support us because we have done such a good job in promoting my country uh, because they, have, they spent a lot of money uh, doing many, many things outside the country and still people don't understand the faith of our country. So that's why I said that maybe the Ministry of Tourism should pay us the money to make films. Of course, Finance is uh, a film body that is uh, supposed to support the making of uh, Malaysian films, but uh, I, I didn't talk about that. But anyway, uh, I think it was a misunderstanding. Yeah. <laughs> From now we would like to open the floor so if you have any questions please identify yourself and raise your hands. Uh, Mr. Hong Tung-sung said about a little bit about censorship. So, uh, in this year's PIF, I watched uh, a film called Village People Radio Show. I watched, I liked it very much, and I heard that the film was banned by the Malay government. And I want to know in what extent in, and in what reason uh, films were films are banned in Malaysia. And in the Malaysian directors or Malaysian film scene, how do you react to the censorship by the government? Well, the, the censorship policies in Malaysia are a bit strict. I mean, they are more strict in terms of <coughs> religion, sex, nudity, language. Violence, not so much. We love violence. Um, <laughs> and so, but uh, in this particular case, the banning of uh, Amir's uh, two films, The Last Communist and uh, The Village People Radio Show, uh, was very unfortunate because they, it, it, there were non-issues. I mean, Amir's first film, uh, sorry, the, uh, the last communist, the first one that was banned, is about an ex-communist, the, the uh, former secretary general of the Malayan Communist Party, who is uh, living in exile in Thailand. And uh, and the film, uh, he didn't appear in the film, and uh, the film is just about uh, his background. And, I mean, Amir interviews his uh, people in his hometown and so on. And the second film is about uh, Amir goes back to South Thailand to interview people, uh, again, uh, ex-communists, in this case, uh, mainly Malay, Malay ex-communists who are now exiled, living in exile in South Thailand. Um, so both films are about ex-communists. Ex -communists. 
And the reason I say is the non-issue is because colonialism is dead. And uh, in, uh, apparently it's not dead in Malaysia. Um, and um, uh, a combination of factors in Malaysia brought about the banning, mainly because it happened to be the 60th anniversary of the founding of the, uh, the main political party in Malaysia. And people thought that uh, why make a film about these people and I mean about the, about Jinping, the, the former head of the, <coughs> the Malayan Communist Party, when we are celebrating this uh, event and so on. Um, and then the sensitivities of uh, politicians and the, the fact that um, the government, yeah, it is mainly about sensitivity. I mean, there's no no earthly reason why the film should be banned and appeals uh, uh, to no effect and um, it, it just like it just carried on and the second film is like a sequel to the first one also got banned because it, it wouldn't stand to reason that the second one would be passed and not, and not be banned because the first one had already been banned so it's a very sad uh, situation um, and uh, it raises the uh, <coughs> raises the question also uh, if uh, films are banned in a country and it gets shown overseas in foreign festivals and so on. Uh, do, does this legitimize the films? Does this uh, make the country proud? Uh, would would uh, the government, for example, government, for example, uh, support it at uh, international events? So very interesting questions, which I don't think we are able to resolve yet. Uh, although. We are supposed to be uh, politically, uh, politically very mature people. Yeah, my name, name is called Malaysian God. Uh, we are not sure what it's about. Uh, yeah, it, it can be very tiny uh, for no reasons. Uh, but I just want to kind of add something about censorship. Uh, this is my point of view about. You know, I mean, I think censorship is kind of the same all over the place. You know, in all the world. Uh, because they are a government institution and kind of like very powerful and sometimes they don't even give reasons and also appeal and try to resolve it from the filmmaker I think it's kind of sometimes a waste of time because I think with censorship, to me, I know it's kind of weird sometimes I think it challenges the filmmaker it makes you think, it makes you deal with it how are you going to present your film, how are you going to get away with it it doesn't mean now we kind of dissolve the censorship or kind of like if it become more lax, we can make better films. But I guess I kind of enjoy religion censorship because every time before we kind of write, shoot, we kind of need to deal with that and we need to think. And I think uh, back to the fact that the way we work on digital video, it kind of gives us a lot of leeway. We can shoot a lot, we can shoot how we want to shoot it and represent it. So, yeah, that's uh, my opinion on censorship in Malaysia. Yeah, Talking about censorship, my film uh, is passed with four cuts, right? Um, and I'm happy with the cuts because uh, that gives me a bit, uh, that allows me to be playful. Because uh, uh, because there's one scene which I think is ridiculous that the cut is when um, the calling of Azan, the, uh, when the Azan is calling, Azan is, um, it's a uh, Muslim, Muslims call for prayers. Uh, they they announce it twice in a day, and that that scene my my scene was shot in the evening. Uh, 
when the Azan is calling, you can hear from the mosque. And the scene is, uh, you can see the one of the kids holding a puppy, walking down the stairs. And they ask me to remove the Azan because they see a puppy in the scene, um, which is ridiculous. Um, so I won't remove the Azan because the dialogue is recorded with the background sound. So if I remove the Azan, I will remove the, there's no dialogue anymore. So I decided to pixelize the whole dog. So you see a moving thing descending the stairs. And that for me can be very funny. So um, censorship is good. <laughs> <laughs> and also uh, one of the scenes being cut is uh, a bathing scene between the kids and one of the kids' uh, private part is erected. So. Um, I'm asked to cut that out, and I refuse to, so I pixelize the private part, so a moving pixelated take. That can be very funny. <laughs> or no reason, maybe it's an excuse. Uh, they say there's no blood in the movie. They want to see blood. They, uh, well, judging from the title, the last communists, they, they um, expect communists to be bad guys and to be killed and there's bloodshed and gunfights and all that. But then the film is about a uh, documentary about uh, retired communist soldiers living in the, in, in, the, in the village and retired and, you know, just waiting to die, uh, planting veggie, vegetables, um, move on with their lives, that's, that's about, that's, that's the movie about. Yeah, but uh, when I was first sent to the censorship for release in Malaysia, it was actually passed by the censorship. Uh, it was even screened by the police. Uh, it was banned by the minister from the government department. Yeah, interior, not rice. Internal affairs. So, and uh, the problem was, they didn't even uh, watch the, the, the documentary, they just banned it based on the name, The Last Communist. So it was a uh, very, like I said, uh, when the government operates, they doesn't really have uh, reasons. Very stupid ministers in the Do you have such things in Korea? We don't have a certain censorship system, but we have a grading system. So if a film is graded to a certain level, then the film should be screened only certain cinema. Uh, but let's say like hot, like uh, like uh, hardcore porno, that the film should be screened only certain cinema theater, but we don't have the theater. So yeah. in that way, we don't have censorship system, but we have certain uh, system <coughs> to ban a film from screening. Yeah, so it's not censorship, it's not regulations, but you can ban it. Separated. It's like my film mostly. Chinese, you know, and then sometimes Malay film is just Malay, Indian film is just Indian. I, I think uh, it, it kind of proved that her film, I mean it's not to 
say that's very good, <laughs> but kind of like good left track. <laughs> kind of like good. Uh, managed to tell a story and attract the three different races. But that is all I need to point out. Those people who watch Jasmine's film actually are, are more well educated. They come from a different background. Whereas those who tend to separate them by the race, especially the Malay who watch Malay films only, uh, they will watch Hong Kong and other films, uh, they kind of like below that working class and they don't receive uh, a lot of education. So I think that's the whole thing about how audience watch a film these days is uh, the class and the education. Yeah, uh, 먼저 물론 그뭐 인도계나 중국계나 뭐 말레이제 이런 세그다 민족을 다 인종을 한 영화에 어, 집어넣어서 영화를 만든다. 물론 가능. My question goes to uh, Ms. Yasmin Ahmad, and I enjoyed your film Mukshin, and I felt I could share the same sentiment from the film uh, from Malaysian people with Korean people and there's, a, there's one scene that within the in raining uh, the daughter and mother they danced together and the scene was quite marvelous to me and so it was also good to see a Malaysian female filmmaker is made to make film in from the perspective of female filmmaker so are you planning to make more films from the women's perspective and dealing with female issues are you planning to make such films um, I've just made a film about two Muslim girls and their friendship with uh, 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 a Catholic young man. Um, and uh, I suppose uh, it is about the Catholic young man, but it's through the eyes of the girls. Um, uh, maybe, maybe it might come here next year. Please come and see. It's called Mala. Um, but it's already caused some uh, objections from, uh, from newspapers and authorities because uh, I shaved one of the actresses and they say this is very un-Islamic, so, so hopefully it'll be allowed. In Malaysia, filmmakers are not uh, lonely because you can work together. Then can you tell us uh, the process of working together, how you work together in Malaysia? Uh, like James said earlier, uh, we exploit each other. Um, yeah, he said that you have. No, um, we sleep together. <laughs> <laughs> we have in each other in terms of not just um, production itself, but um, we also cast them as actors, uh, and we don't pay them in. Uh, or we don't pay them much. You. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully, you know, next time they have another project, they will use. Uh, I mean, they will come back and say, "Hey, it's your turn to pay back." No, I mean, we help each other in that way. Uh, I lend you my hand, and uh, next time uh, you help me back. Uh, yeah, a collective um, process. And, and, and so to do this, of course, um, we, we, we lend each other cameras uh, so that people don't have to pay rent. 
uh, we accidentally each other's spell for very little. Uh, my mother was missing that spell, but I think she got paid something like five US, which is such an exploiter. <laughs> but, and, and, uh, and, and then James helps produce and acts as cameraman to Asarodi short film, which won best short film uh, Grand Prix in Hawaii. So, you know, um, and this is like-minded people. We, 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 we knock each other's films all the time. I mean, it's almost uh, well known that James and I James don't like each other's films. But this doesn't stop us from, from collaborating and helping each other uh, have the temperature of each other's films anyway. And, and I don't know how it became this way. There was an Italian uh, festival's curator who came to Malaysia about uh, two years ago, and he said, so what is this Malaysian new wave? And I said, how do you know there's a new wave? He said, it happened in Korea, it happened in Thailand. Whenever there's a new wave, what happens is there are about three or four like-minded film directors. They're usually friends, and they're doing interesting things together, and that's a new wave. And he said that you guys in Malaysia, you have about 10 to 12 people, so more than qualifies as a new wave. So that made me feel very happy. 예, 사실 저희 모두가 친구입니다. 뭐, this whole thing about helping out each other, I think because first of all, our community is very small in Malaysia. Second of all, it was I think 2000. Basically, 2000, nobody wants to produce any film or independent or TV film or any film that has no commercial value at all. Like the one that's traveling our festivals now, by all of us. Basically, have no commercial or market value at all, and uh, most of the time we understand and know about that. Uh, until uh, I think uh, when I kind of turned on the pressure, I met some Indonesian filmmakers, Riri Riza, Riri and Mira Desmana. Uh, I think they were focused in Busan before. And I think uh, at that time they were doing a very uh, interesting thing in Indonesia where they actually helped produce young Indonesian filmmakers' first feature or short film. The condition is those filmmakers have to contribute back to other films in whatever way they could do, you know, editing, acting, like you know, uh, and that kind of like cut down the cost and it become very collective. And uh, I think that was time uh, me and Amir thought, why don't we kind of like do that, you know, uh, take out some time and actually physically do some work, produce and get it out, get it shown, you know, and then hopefully from there the numbers will pop up. Showcase of art films, I suppose. My own film, Mokshin, was a bit of it. So I'm very happy about that. 
our so-called new web, except for Yasmin, most of us are lose money big time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have to kind of pop up money to release my film and it's lose money big time. Uh, it shows it's not very popular with local audience and uh, we understand why they still want to watch films that entertain them. It's very straightforward. Uh, I guess the, this, this whole phenomenon you know, is not can't be that, uh, resolved. You know, it won't be resolved. I think it's happening all over the world. And uh, I don't know about the, uh, the rest of the filmmakers in Malaysia doing all the small indie films. But I guess most of them will continue. And personally, I think when we lose money, doesn't mean we have to stop. You know, uh, doesn't mean we have to stop just because it's bad business. I guess uh, personally, I think even with all this bad response uh, from local audience and box office, I think. Me personally, we will continue to make films, our personal films, because I think it's very important for for a country like Malaysia to retain at least something that is very original and our own. You know, because even our mainstream film is starting to look like Korean and Hollywood films. So, yeah. <laughs> Personal attention. You know what? Attention. Like, I like action <laughs> When the film finish, I'll, I will be there when the film finishes, I'll, I'll perform a little, some tap dancing for you. <laughs> <laughs> you promise. Yeah. You promise. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>